Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. This is the first of four Dig a Bit segments for the month of December in our study about escaping with repentance. I hope you're having a good holiday season thus far. We're going to take just a few minutes tonight to talk about Abimelech from Genesis chapter 20. He was in the one of he was one of the first characters that we studied in month 4. He was in question number 1, I believe. And actually what we were talking about is sins of ignorance sins of ignorance and whether or not we can really sin without knowing that we are sinning in genesis chapter 20 you remember our character is abraham and he was going from thence verse 1 says toward the south country and he dwelt between kadesh and shur and sojourned in gerar and abraham said of sarah his wife she is my sister now if you'll remember Abraham certainly wasn't sinning in ignorance. He was lying, and he knew that he was lying because this was the second time that he had done it, the first one being in Genesis chapter 12. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. It must be nice to be so pretty that you know before you get to a country that your beauty is going to pose a problem for the men in that country. And Abraham knew this about Sarah and he told her you're so pretty that they're going to want you so let's pretend that you're my sister and remember she was his half-sister but God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him behold you are but a dead man for the woman who you have taken she's a man's wife and Abimelech had not come near her and he said Lord will you slay also a righteous nation said he not to me she's my sister and she even she herself said he's my brother in the integrity of my heart and innocency of my hands have I done this. And God said to him in the dream, Yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart, for I also withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. So then God proceeds to give Abimelech some instructions about getting himself out of that precarious situation. Believing that Sarah was the sister of Abraham, he had uh, intentions to romantically pursue her, and God kept him, it says, from being intimate with her so that that he would, had not sinned against her. Now, I realize we're not talking about a full-blown sin here, but we are talking about a procedure in the wrong direction on the part of Abimelech towards Sarah. So what are the dangers of sinning in ignorance? What are the responsibilities of sinning in ignorance? And what are the ramifications for us if we believe that if a person is in ignorance, then that person is not responsible? Let's talk about those things just for a minute. We must realize, first of all, that sin, even committed in innocence, hurts. Sin hurts people. It hurts your influence and you can probably think of times in your life when you did something that was uh, not right and you paid a price in your influence for that I'm thinking about just um, a random and this is a small illustration but one time I was playing words with friends as a matter of fact on my iPad with someone and I was just trying to make a word because I had 
bad bunch of letters and I was just trying to make a word and so I put some letters together and suddenly it said oh this is a word and so I played that word and Glenn looked over at my iPad and he said you just wrote a bad word well I didn't know that I didn't even know it was a bad word so I did something that was wrong but I did it in innocence but you know what I wanted to take that word down very quickly I wanted to write that person I was playing and say you know what I did not know this was a bad word and my husband just now told me that I had just put down a bad word in this game now I know that that's a silly little illustration but you know what I realized that that could hurt my influence sins committed in ignorance hurt people they hurt influence and there's a price to be paid for those sins does God hold sins of ignorance against his people? Well, there's one sense in which we could say yes, and maybe another sense in which we could say no. Let's, let's talk about that just for a minute. We see some more examples in the Bible. We turn to 1 Kings chapter 13, I believe it is. We, yes, we read about a young prophet, and he was called a man of God early in that chapter. And he did some pretty amazing things. I believe this was in the days of Jeroboam maybe and he did some pretty amazing things and uh, you know spoke cried out against some false altars and and just did some some very bold things for the in the name of God and for the sake of righteousness in the kingdom of God but then he was told to go deliver the word of the Lord and he was told to uh, not eat or drink with anyone as he went on this journey and so long story short he sat down to rest i believe it was on the way home and an old prophet heard that he was traveling that way and this old prophet had some uh, less than honorable motives and and this old prophet enticed this young prophet to come and eat a meal and this young prophet said oh no i can never do that because god has commanded me not to go and eat with anybody and he said wait a minute I'm a prophet too and God has told me to tell you to do such and such and this young prophet believed the old prophet and he went ahead and did what the old prophet did and paid for what the old prophet bid him to do and he paid for it with his life did God hold him responsible even though he committed this, the sin and ignorance well, the answer there is yes. I think we can see it in the New Testament in the life of Saul. When we think about Saul, who later became the Apostle Paul, and how that he said in ignorance, in uh, all good conscience rather, did I persecute the Christians? Well, he lived a life of uh, an upright Pharisee, uh, a top-of-the-line Jew, but he was persecuting Christians all of of the time before you remember he was on the road to Damascus and the bright light shined down and he went and Ananias told him what to do to be saved before that time he was doing some terrible things was he responsible for those things as long as he was outside of of Christ he and before he encountered Christ he committed some horrible sins for which he paid both in guilt 
and an influence through those years. And he paid for it when he became a Christian. You remember the Christians were afraid of him. They didn't want to um, associate themselves with him because they were afraid of what he would do to Christians because he had this such um, a history of persecuting and hauling Christians off to jail and even committing them to prison with the intent of them losing their lives. So he had to pay in in many ways for those and he, he even paid when he would later write I am the chiefest of sinners so sins that we commit in ignorance are still sins we understand that a price has to be paid for sins committed in ignorance uh, when we make application from transgressions of our civil law you're driving along at 65 miles per hour and you never saw that sign where the speed limit had been lowered to 45. So you, you, are, you are transgressing against the law of the land when you're going 65, you're going 20 miles over the speed limit and the officer stops you and you say, but, but I didn't know. Well, he might have mercy on you. He may be lenient toward you and let you go, but he may write you a ticket because you still have broken the law even though you weren't aware of the specifications of the law at that particular point. Now what about people who don't know about the law of God who have never read and I, I get this question a lot what about people Cindy who have never had their hands on a New Testament? Well are they accountable before God for repentance, confession, baptism, and living a life that's faithful according to the specifications of the New Testament. Are they amenable to that law even though they do not know that law? Well, I want to say this. The world's getting smaller and smaller, and with our technology and with the and given the uh, the smallness of our world, the fact that people now in the far reaches, far corners of our earth, across oceans, and it is, it is almost inconceivable that no one would have heard of, that someone would live today who had not heard of the Bible, God, and the New Testament. But at the same time, there are people who have had very little to no influence of Christianity in their cultures, in their environments. What about those people? Will those people be held accountable to God's law? Well, the Bible says in Genesis 19, the psalmist said, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork, not unto not other speech. And we continue to read there, and it says, There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. So everybody, according to that passage, should look around and realize that the majestic nature of the universe in which we live, the massive nature of the universe, the complicated nature, the orderly nature of the universe in which we live could not happen by accident. So there has to be a God, if you will, a higher power, if you will, responsible for, a designer, if you will, responsible for the creation of the amazing human body, its environment, and its bigger environment, the universe. And when you look around, you should know that. I think Romans 1 in the New Testament goes ahead and makes that clear as well. Let's go ahead and turn over to Romans chapter 1. 
when we're talking there um, to Romans to maybe some groups that included Jews but primarily Gentiles here that we're speaking about at least in Romans chapter 1 it says um, I'm not ashamed Paul begins of the gospel of Christ for it's the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it's written the just shall live by faith and then it says, The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it to them, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood or perceived through the things that are made, even his eternal power and divinity or Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise. They became fools. And so here we have a, kind of a restatement, really, of Psalm 19. Look around, and you can see that the, the invisible things of God from the creation of the world are clearly seen. So we should be able to look around and see that this world was designed, was created. And I have a theory that I, I probably can't completely put scripture to, but I believe it's borne out in several examples in the scripture, that when we look around and we recognize that we are finite and there has to be an infinite we are powerless and there has to be an almighty we are filthy rags as the scripture would call it and there has to be a pure and holy when we look around us even if we haven't come in contact with the word and we humble ourselves to seek that word to seek the who it is and his will that providentially and through the love and compassion of God doors will be open so that we can find his truth and I especially believe that to be true in our day and age where the Bible is so accessible both uh, in uh, numbers of copies we don't live in that era anymore when it was hard to put your hands on a copy of a written copy of the Bible and not only is it available that way but it is available digitally so freely on um, internet and computer systems all around the world and I believe if we start start searching based on the light that God gives us in creation that we can learn his will now back to the original question though are we responsible to his will even though we have not learned it the answer to that would have to be yes for on for many reasons one and then this little session will be yours one is that God commands us to go into the world and to teach his gospel in the Great Commission we find that in Mark 16 and in Matthew 28 that we are to go and teach and baptize that people might be saved well from that admonition that commandment itself we understand that people without the gospel 
are lost. If people aren't lost when they're living in ignorance and against God's will, then we should never go and teach. We should never go as missionaries and inform people because most of the people will choose the wide path where many go and are destroyed. So we shouldn't go and tell them because if they don't know, they're all saved, right? So we shouldn't go and tell them. Well, we know that that concept of keeping people in the darkness is nowhere in Scripture. You are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hid. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. We look at the New Testament and the very premise of the New Testament is the gospel, the death, burial, resurrection of Christ, and that everyone should know that gospel so that they will have access to salvation. Wow, we started with Abimelech and we, we went all the way to the far reaches of Africa and asked the question, are people responsible who have not heard? And of course the answer is yes, and so the greatest responsibility lies with us in bringing people to repentance, which is the theme of our study this month. Have a great day. If you find yourself in Huntsville, Alabama, we'd love for you to worship with us at West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m., followed by Bible classes for all ages. We meet again at 5 p.m. for evening worship and at 7 on Wednesday night. Digabit is a production of Digging Deep in God's Word, a Bible study for women. For more information, visit thecolleyhouse.org.